Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Savvy Citizen, the podcast for and about Gaston County. This week, we're talking with Lee Spock, executive director of the Backpack Weekend Food Program. The program provides nutritionally balanced, non-perishable weekend meals to students in Gaston County schools during the school year so that they can come to school ready to learn. Savvy Citizen now has a live music series? Check out the monthly episodes of Savvy Sounds, where we bring you original music and interviews with musicians from in and around Gaston County. View it on demand on the Gaston County Government YouTube page. Just search for the Savvy Sounds playlist. Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of Savvy Citizen. This is Elizabeth McGee today, co-hosting with Dantree Bradley. And we are so excited to have Lee Spock on, the executive director of the Backpack Weekend Food Program. Welcome, Lee. Thank you. I'm very glad to be here. I appreciate y'all having me. Well, we're excited to have you um, because we've just heard so much about the uh, the decade of work that your your organization has done to help ki- keep kids fed over the weekend. Um, I'll let you introduce your um, organization if you'll just give us an overview of, of what your mission is um, and what your impact is to kids in Gaston County. Okay, yeah, great. Um, So our mission is to provide nutritionally balanced meals, not snacks. I always think that's very important for students over the weekend who would otherwise go hungry and not have any meals. Um, This affects behavior in the classroom. It affects classroom performance as far as grades, attendance, attitude, just the whole spectrum of things. If a child's hungry, they're scared, they're worried. Um, the last place they want to be is school with people telling them what to do and trying to add, subtract, multiply, and read. So these things are very important. We know through our program we do have surveys that we send out at the end of each school year. The teachers, counselors, and parents all tell us that it has made a huge difference for their child and for their family. So is most of your work based in the Gaston County school system? Yes. Every student that we serve is in Gaston County schools. And right now, as of today, because it is a changing target every single day, we have 809 students. Wow. And just to kind of give you a comparison, last year we had 901 for the whole school year. We're two months in to giving meals over the weekend, and we're already at that number. Wow. I was yeah. going to yeah. ask, is 800 typical or? Not this early on. Okay. Not this early and on. And are we talking about like uh, unique kids or is this cumulative? So we have qualifications. Um, a lot of people have the misunderstanding. They think that just because we serve a Title I school, I'll use as an example, um, that every child in that school is going to qualify for our program. Mm -hmm. That's not necessarily the case. Um, Some of the kids are on free and reduced lunch, Mm -hmm. but are not in our program. Things like they have a single parent or two parents that work and are able to provide meals over the weekend. It's the child that might be living with a grandparent or a single parent who is not employed Mm -hmm. um, and has a hardship and can't provide meals over the weekend. So Mm -hmm. the counselors, principals, and teachers do that due diligence to pick the children. Mm-hmm. Do these families have to apply with you directly or do you work with um, social services to identify these families? How does that work? 
Actually, as I just said, principals, counselors, and teachers identify the students. We don't even know who the kids are. We don't know if it's a boy or a girl. It's kept very private, Mm -hmm. which is fine. We all we need to know is once the child is identified by the school employee, um, is it an elementary student or is it a middle school student or a high school student? And the reason we need to know that is because we have three different menus. So the first two menus are for variety. The third menu is for long weekends, such as Christmas break. Unfortunately, we can't pack two weeks worth of food in a bag. A lot to carry. (laughs) Yeah, a whole lot. Um, But those menus vary because we work with Caremont Health and their nutritionists, and they come up with nutritionally balanced meals for an age-appropriate student. So Mm -hmm. an elementary school student's meal is much different than a middle or high school because, right. the cal- you know, the calorie intake yeah. is higher. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Can you give an example of what an elementary menu might look like versus a high school? Yeah, they're pretty much, well, they vary a little bit. They're pretty much the same. They just get more. Gotcha. I had two teenage boys. They ate me out of house and home. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I always kind of, you know, do it. But a typical meal. So in our warehouse, we have different stations where people pull orders and they're pulling those orders for each of our partners. Most of our partners are churches. Um, so you start out, you'll have your cereal, your milk and oatmeal for breakfast. Okay. Then you have snacks such as Lance Crack. Crackers, goldfish, neocot, those type things, Mm -hmm. peanuts, high protein is important. Um, Then you go into like a dessert, applesauce and puddings. We have beefaroni, chicken and vegetable soup, chicken and rice soup, um, spaghetti meatballs, macaroni cheese, ramen noodles probably leaving some things out, but that'll give you an idea. Okay. The other thing that's really neat about the program, and I think very well thought out, all of these meals are non-perishable. I was going to say, I'm noticing kind of a trend. I see a lot of st- shelf-stable items. Yep. And they don't have to be cooked. That is really important. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So talk a little bit more about your partners, because I, I know your your nonprofit is kind of working to organize these meals, but I know you're relying a lot on um, our other people in the community to actually provide the labor and provide the um the means to provide the meals. <laughs> right. So um, Carolyn Niemeyer founded the program in 2011, and she saw it as a ministry. Mm-hmm. So when I had said that most of our partners are churches, uh, we have 500 volunteers. Wow. And we, That's yeah, amazing. We could not exist mm-hmm. without it. Those volunteers include you know, the warehouse workers, the people that unload the food trucks and the people that actually distribute, and then the church people who actually store it for a month, organize it and deliver it to the schools. Mm -hmm. So the churches are an integral part of our success. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, they store the food for a month, they organize it, they deliver it. So they have the relationship with the school. Mm -hmm. Um, So for instance, First Presbyterian here in Gastonia, They have Greer and Ashbrook are their two schools that they take care of. So we try to make sure they're close proximity so that they don't have to drive all over the county. So that helps out a lot. Absolutely. So before we um, started our conversation, you had mentioned your dining at the chef's table fundraiser. Talk a little bit about that. 
We just got finished with it Saturday, which is why my voice might be a little hoarse. I'm still tired and recovering, but it was a fabulous night. Uh, We had 140 guests in the room. It is our one and only big fundraiser for the evening. And we have a silent auction, a live auction, and then a sponsor a child portion of the evening. And it's very important that we meet our goal financially for this event. Um, In order to sponsor a child, which is what we tried to accomplish at the event on Saturday, we had 163 children that don't have a sponsor. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, in other words, a church will say, okay, I can feed 15 children but that's all my budget will allow. Mm -hmm. But they might be able to pack for 20 or 30. So as long as they can pack and deliver, that's still a win for us. Um, So the 163 that are unsponsored, the Backpack Weekend Food Program pays for out of our general fund, which we're capable of doing, but it's also important to have reserves. Um, So we did sponsor a child, and I will say we've got about 150 of them so far. I'm not done calculating all of that. So that was a very big success. That is such a big success. So now does um, your program only feed during the school year or do you all assist during the summer? We only feed during the school year and the reason that we do is we don't know where the kids are. They go home for the summer and we don't have the capability to go to their homes. Gotcha. Um, The YMCA The Boys and Girls Club here in town do have summer feeding programs for students that in the YMCA, you don't even have to be enrolled in one of their, you know, programs in Mm -hmm. order to get the meals that are needed. Mm -hmm. So I know a lot of the students that are enrolled in our program do utilize those programs in the summer. Mm -hmm. So that's a definite gap, but it's one that would be very hard to fix. Can you talk a little bit about the history of uh, the Backpack Week in Food program? Because I was reading a l- on your website a little bit. Y- y'all have been around for quite some time, and you've grown a lot. Yes. We are starting our 13th school year. Um, so Carolyn Niemeyer, as I'd mentioned earlier, uh, was the founder of the program, and she had just been reading and doing some research and realized that there was a huge gap of hungry children. I mean, who wants that? That I mean, yeah. they are the innocent victims. It breaks of this. your heart to yeah. know that the kids are going home over the weekend not knowing when their next meal will be. I know. I mean, imagine opening your cupboard and there's nothing there, your refrigerator and there's nothing there. Yeah. So in 2011, literally in her daughter's bedroom on her two twin beds, as Carolyn always tells me, <laughs> um, she started this program. Yeah. And it was very small and her church was very receptive to it and helped her. So they moved out of her daughter's bedroom to their basement to a conveyor belt there to start processing. Mm-hmm. And yes, we have now grown um, to four employees. I'm the only full-time. Yeah. And then the other three are part-time. We have a warehouse manager, Virgil Welsh. Mm-hmm. Suzanne Jones is our program coordinator. And Jennifer Grant is our finance manager. Uh-huh. So. We're very fortunate. But since 2011, we have served 1.9 million meals. No way. That's amazing. That's staggering. And it really puts it in perspective to realize that there's that level of need. Yes. And we have 45 partners and we are in 42 schools. Mm -hmm. Um, And just to give you a little statistics here, um, just about 42% of children in Gaston County live in poor or low income households. Mm -hmm. And right at 20% of children in Gaston County live in food insecure households. Those numbers just amaze me, not in a good way. Talk a little bit about impact. Like, does your 
does your program scratch the surface of it? Like how much of an impact do you think you're making on the actual need? I think we make a really big impact. Mm -hmm. um, Anara Henderson, the principal at Woodhill, mm -hmm. was our guest speaker this past weekend at Dining at the Chef's Table, and she had a few success stories that really made us realize we are making an impact. Mm -hmm. So one being she ran into a parent at the grocery, or I don't, I don't think it was the grocery store. What did she tell me? Walmart. Mm -hmm. There, It was Walmart. They ran into a parent, and the parent came up to her, hugged her, told her what an impact it was making on her family, that her children's grades had gone up, their attendance was better. She was able to meet her household needs because she didn't have to worry about food on the weekend. Yeah. Um, another story that always makes me feel really good is a student at the beginning of the year, and this was last year because we have those surveys in, um, came to school dirty, came to school with dirty clothes, and was very sad, didn't want to be there, and was hungry. Mm -hmm. And this particular school has washing machines and a dryer, so they were able to get her clothes washed, give her clean clothes, and enrolled her in the program immediately. Mm -hmm. They said as soon as this child started in the program, the very next week she came to school Monday, happy, excited to be there, and was so happy to get the food bag on Thursday. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, it's making an impact. I think it really... It gives parents peace of mind to know that their child will have the food. And like I'd said, then mm -hmm. that parent can take care of, you know, socks, shoes, toiletries, mm -hmm. paying rent and the things that right. are essential the as other well. other necessities. Yes. 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 Yeah. It really is like a domino effect mm -hmm. of uh, impacting both parent and child well-being. So yes, it's Absolutely. really awesome. Yes. Now, can you talk a little bit more about your history of involvement with the program since you said you're the only full-time <laughs> staffer? Um, when did you get involved and, and how has the program changed since you've been with the program? So I've been involved with the program as far as supporting it. Um, I was with United Way of Gaston County for about 10 years. I've known Carolyn, gosh, for probably 20 years yeah. at this point. So her other executive director left, and she approached me for the job, and it's just been about a year and a half. Oh, congratulations. That, well, thank you that I've been here. I wasn't looking, but here I am now. Um, <laughs> it was a great move for me. Yeah. I really love my job. I believe in this program. I believe in the impact that it has on the community. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we're doing a lot of good things to try to give children in Gaston County a better future. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We're not going to save every single one, but you know, if you make a difference, I'll tell you another story if I have time. Go for it, please. Um, we met with another counselor of a student who had actually graduated from Gaston County Schools, and he started out in the elementary school program with the Backpack Weekend Food Program, and if he was with his grandmother, he was great didn't need food. He was fine. If he was with his mom, his situation changed greatly. Okay. So he would always say, I'm with my grandmother this weekend. I don't need the food. Give it to somebody else. Oh. I mean, how wonderful is that? So time goes on, elementary school, middle school, high school, his situation stays the same, but he continues to stay in the backpack weekend food program. He graduated. He's playing football in college. That's Aww. wonderful. And he says that the Backpack Weekend Food Program literally saved him. Yeah. I mean, you're entering your 13th year. Mm -hmm. That's that's oh, a whole childhood. It yes, is. It, really it is. is. Yeah, it yeah. is. So you've been around for 13 years. What do you see happening in the future of the Backpack Weekend Food Program over the next 13, 15 years? 
Well, I'll probably be retired by then. <laughs> what do you but, hope? What are, what are the we'll hopes and dreams? We'll hand it over to somebody else. <laughs> um, I think I would like to, like we had discussed, the summer gap. Mm-hmm. Is there a way that we can partner with the YMCA and the Boys and Girls Club? Mm-hmm. Use our warehouse to facilitate bigger and better meals that kids can take home. Um, that's something I've been talking to them about. Mm-hmm. You know, expansion is always a scary thing because... This is a fine oiled machine and it works really, really well. Right. To reach more people and more children within the community, I think it's important. Um, The other thing is just continuing to be financially stable, which Mm -hmm. we are. But, you know, those are always challenges. We rely solely on private donations and grants. We have no federal funding and no state funding. Uh-huh. Um, at this point in time, I have applied for one grant that is federally and state funded, but it is a one-time grant, and I haven't been told whether we get it. So yep. just continuing to find ways to make sure that we're financially stable so that the program can continue. Yeah, Absolutely. Because I would imagine when, you know, the economy is as it is, you know, the price of food going up, families are struggling. Do you guys see an increase when the economy is kind of fluctuating like it is, like high inflation? Or better yet, have you seen an increase as a result of COVID? Well, COVID was a challenge for them. Um, actually, the student numbers, you know, when schools were shut down, were at zero. Right. But when students started coming back to school, the numbers were actually lower, which is interesting. But mm-hmm. we think that that is because, well, from our surveys, it told us they were remote learning still. They weren't back in the classroom. Um, right now, with inflation, the cost of food absolutely a huge increase, as I had said earlier. Um, We're almost at the number that we were at at the end of the year, last year. Wow. And our projections are we will be at a thousand or more students this year because they continue to grow. Um, We personally are facing a 12% increase in food costs. And that's another thing. Back with Caremont, we are able to buy under their umbrella through U.S. Foods, so we get a great discount. Mm-hmm. Um, so the partnership with Caremont is crucial to Absolutely. our success, and we're very grateful for them to continue to support the program because without that relationship and discount at U.S. Foods, I don't know if we could manage it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So if someone wants to get involved, if they want to volunteer, if they want to donate, how would they do that? So to donate, they can go to our website, which is www.bwfpgc.com. So just the acronym of Backpack Weekend Food Program and then Gaston County. Um, They can make a donation there. They can reach out to me at our office. uh, Phone number 704-689-3663. And... Those are the best ways. In order to sponsor a student for the whole school year, it's $380. So we take the average cost of an elementary student and a high school, middle school student and put them together. So that will sponsor a child for the year. Well, Lee, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for sharing about the Backpack Weekend Food Program. Well, and thank you for the opportunity. The more people we can reach and touch the better off for us. Totally agree. And the, and the <laughs> students. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see y'all again next week. All right. Bye. Mark your calendars. Gaston Max is back and better than ever. 
Come to downtown Gastonia on Saturday, March 23rd to enjoy live music performances, games for kids, interactive art experiences, and much more. The event is free. Be on the lookout for announcements about musical headliners in the months ahead. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Savvy Citizen Podcast. It's produced by the Gaston County Communications Office with hosts Janet Schaefer, D'Andrea Bradley, Elizabeth McGee, and Adam Gobb. Joshua Braswell serves as executive producer, and Gavin Stewart serves as field reporter and producer. Please like us and share reviews on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Next week on Savvy Citizen, we're talking about Buddy Break, a program that pairs children with special needs to a buddy that cares for that child one Saturday a month.